You're listening to Nest Talk, the best and most elite Baltimore Ravens podcast on the internet. Now, here's your host, Christopher Linfont. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Nest Talk podcast. My name is Christopher Linfont, bringing you another episode today, tonight, on this Thursday night, as we are still, and I feel like a broken record at this point, still dealing with the effects of the COVID-19 virus ravaging through the country, through the world, really. Um, So, yeah, we have that to deal with. And somehow the NFL draft is two weeks away from tonight. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Time is flying by as we're all here at home working, studying, if we even all still have work at this point. Um, Now, you obviously know there was no Nest Talk podcast last week. Um, I've been, honestly... I'm going to level with you guys. I have not been getting the draft work done. I was hoping I was going to get in preparation for it. It's just not look, looking very good this year. Uh, and really, that has to do a lot with the the different, I won't say it's increased, but the different load of work um, I'm dealing with with school. And as, as most of you, I would just imagine, know, um, I am a college student. Um, you know, so it, it's very time-consuming some of the things I'm doing and, you know, getting near the end of the semester, it, it's hectic. So we're going to try and balance that as best as possible. I really want to get actually moving on it. I, I hope I have time to actually do some more draft things, but we're going to still cover the Ravens here. And we didn't have a podcast last week. And of course, that has to do a lot with the work I'm doing, but it also had to do last week. They're just, I didn't feel like there was enough to talk about. This week, honestly, there's not a whole lot more to talk about. I didn't have a chance to listen to the the pre-draft press conferences or anything like that, but I do have some information, um, you know, that, that we should cover this week and then some opinionated things. So it's going to be an interesting podcast, but before we go any further, ladies and gentlemen, I would first like to ask you to subscribe to the Baltimore Feather YouTube channel, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. If you're listening on iTunes and of course subscribe on Spotify as well, uh, go to BaltimoreFeather.com for the latest Ravens articles when news breaks. Of course, there really hasn't been much news recently. We haven't been able to pump out opinion articles, but we'll get back to that eventually. Um, follow us on Twitter, at BeMoreFeather, me at Chris Linfont, and at Nest Talk. Uh, and of course, you can find us on Facebook too. Just search up Nest Talk or the Baltimore Feather on Facebook as well. In the description of the YouTube video podcast edition, I will be putting um, a new product that's been sent to me by FOCO. Now, I don't have it in person yet, but the way it looks. Now, ladies and gentlemen, if you've been with us for a long time, we've promoted things by FOCO before. I'm a huge believer in FOCO as a company. They make some, honestly, some epic um, NFL merchandise, licensed merchandise, of course. We would not promote anybody who was not officially licensed by the NFL. But um, FOCO, this time around, is making another Lamar Jackson bobblehead. Now, if you bought the Lamar Jackson bobblehead that we previously mentioned on other podcasts and such, the one with the super, I mean, it's sick. The black wings at the back of this bobblehead. I'm touching it right now. It's on my desk. That's sick. But they're making another podcast, the MVP Award Lamar Jackson bobblehead. Did I just say they're making another podcast? I did. MVP Award Lamar Jackson bobblehead in the orange suit. And he's holding the MVP award. And this is a great collector's item for Ravens fans everywhere. The link is going to be in the description below if you're watching on YouTube. If not, just head over to my Twitter feed. You'll find a link there. If you're listening on Spotify and iTunes, and there are no links. And, of course, there will be one on the on the um, the page that, that's launched on BaltimoreFeather.com. 
for this podcast episode, there will be uh, a link in that that page as well. So honestly, go and get yourself this Lamar Jackson bobblehead. You you can't actually buy it yet. I, I should say uh, you have to pre-order it now. Um, Foco, of course, launches these items beforehand, and then the pre-order comes up now. When honestly, I, I I'm not kidding you. When they gave me this Lamar Jackson bobblehead, the previous one to uh, review, okay, uh, it sold out. And I kid you not, I started advertising for it. It sold out within a couple days, if I remember correctly. Now, this one's at a lower price. It's admittedly it's not as cool looking without the wings on the back, but it's still a very cool um, piece by Foco. Just the MVP award for Lamar Jackson. And honestly, they're sending me one. Full disclaimer, they're sending me one. Uh, and I'm affiliate with, with Foco, but I mean, I can't wait to have it on my desk. It comes out, it ships no later than July 2nd, and you might be thinking that's a little late, but of course you have to remember with the whole issue surrounding the coronavirus, um, that's probably, honestly, I don't know, I'm not inside Foco, but I'm imagining that's probably the best they can do at this point, um, but to have that come out in July, it's going to be epic, it's going to be really cool, I can't wait to get my hands on one of these bobbleheads display two of my Lamar Jackson bobbleheads together maybe I'll make like a little shrine with my Joe Flacco signature and, and I don't know if you guys know this maybe I'll show it one day because eventually I want to do podcasts where, where you can see me and everything I just don't have the right cameras for that but I have a Joe Flacco um, signed autograph on a, on a card from Panini and in this card verified by by Panini um, and an independent um, Beckett verifying it is a piece of Joe Flacco's jersey from the 2012 regular season Patriots game, the, the one uh, right after Torrey Smith's brother tragically passed away, but a piece of that, and I have a signature on that, maybe I'll make like a little shrine, put that between the two Lamar bobbleheads, maybe get myself a Flacco bobblehead in there as well, um, a shrine to the epic Ravens quarterbacks, you know, throughout our, our, our very infant franchise because remember it's, it, we're going into the 25th year and now I, I know the Ravens I think they're putting um uh what are they they're putting like a patch on on the um on the uniform this year because remember they did it in in the, the 20th year 2015 which was a a really bad year I, I I don't really want to talk about 2015 much as a Ravens fan uh, I thought I saw something about it. Maybe it was just someone made a, um, made like a little thing of it, you know, a Photoshop thing. But I'm pretty sure they're going to add a patch. Um, that's cool. But that kind of goes along with some of the other NFL news I want to talk about. Because uh, really, we got to fill fill the show with as much as we possibly can here with cool stuff going around the NFL. And the first thing, I, I mean, look, when, 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 have you guys been on Twitter recently? Because if you haven't, you're missing out. Uh, the Falcons released their uniforms um and you know they're okay I, I i don't really like them personally but you know it's it's not my thing it's this all black and it's not like raven's black i mean well i mean it's black but the style of the uniform is these big block letters and or numbers and this weird it's just honestly it's kind of a weird combination if i'm gonna if i'm gonna level with you guys so they tweet that out with a you know a little corny video of all the players doing and and then the the Carolina Panthers send out a video of I guess it's either their PR guy or their social guy you know he's in his kitchen he's looking at the uh, I'm looking at it right now here he's got the 
um, his laptop open, he's watching this video, and you hear this laugh track in the background, and anybody who's been on social media for a long time is going to recognize this, this this laugh track as, uh, what was it called, like, Flippergram or something like that, where the, where the guy would, um, they'd, they'd post a picture of a guy and then show someone who he looks like, but it's supposed to be, like, kind of mockery, so it'd be like a cartoon character, so if you have a big head, you'd be like Jimmy Neutron or something like that. Well, they have the same laugh track going, and then they, they go right to the picture of another uh, <laughs> uniform. It looks just like it, honestly. It's this Adam Sandler movie. I forget the name of the movie, but he's a football player. It's not, it's not the water boy, but it's this one. I, isn't it the one where they're in prison or something? Um, the prison football movie. I'm looking it up right now. I'm pretty sure. I think it's, oh, the longest yard. They make it so it looks like, um, the uniforms from the longest yard. The black uniforms. It's so fun. It's just pretty funny. And then the then the, the, the Falcons sh- sh- clap right back at the Panthers. Because you know they got this rivalry down in the NFC South. And we all know that the Panthers um, let Cam Newton go. Which was kind of a strange development. Not a lot of people saw that coming this offseason. Although I think it was probably the best move at this point. And everyone knows how Cam Newton uh, types in this really strange font. And they've got this... Hashtag shine through the shade in the font Cam Newton uh, tweets in, and if you don't know the font, you have to see it to believe it. But it it set everybody off. I it was honestly the funniest thing I've seen on Twitter this week. Um, but kind of going into the, some Raven stuff now. Before you know, um, before what I don't even know what I'm talking about. Anyway, we have some stuff from last week to talk about. Just one thing, and this is why I kind of. Decided not to do a podcast last week. We only had one Ravens no- story to talk about. And that was the signing of Derek Wolf to a one-year, three million dollar contract with uh, another three million also available in incentives. Now he's been injured a few times, so that's why they have that incentives in there. So defensive end from Denver. As you know, I like the signing a lot. Um, now he's not, of course, gonna be our premier pass rusher. That's not really the point of bringing him in. It's really because we lost. Um, not Robert Quinn. What's this guy's name? Oh, my, Michael Brockers. I think Robert Quinn was on that team, the, the Rams. Because of coronavirus, we have uh, Brockers basically signed with the Ravens in, you know, not on the contract. He gives his verbal commit to the Ravens with that deal. It was $30 million. It's a great deal for Brockers. And then it just doesn't happen because of this knee injury. We talked about it in the last podcast. It doesn't happen because of the knee injury. So, um,. Well, first of all, the knee injury, or was it Achilles? It was something like that. It was lower leg. It was knee and lower leg. I don't remember exactly what it was. It's a couple weeks ago now. Um, but basically, you know, he, the doctors couldn't evaluate him. They couldn't send the doctors to go see him. Uh, it, it, it was really, honestly, a big problem for the Ravens. And, you know, there wasn't much they could do about it because of coronavirus. And if the deal fell, falls through. He goes, up back to, he goes back to Los Angeles. And the Ravens are like, well, our great wall of Baltimore, you know, Fort McHenry, whatever you want to call it, it it ain't going to work without a new defensive end. We got to go find somebody. And they get Wolf. And honestly, I like the addition of Wolf. Um, and we have other defensive linemen I want to take a look at this upcoming season. I mean, look, we haven't seen enough of Dalen Mack. He's a guy, you know, he, he literally pulled, what he pull or push? Doesn't matter. It was like a 350 pound truck like a mile or whatever the heck it was, just for fun, just to show he could do it. I mean, this is a strong dude, a big dude, 
we've got him. We've got some other guys along the defensive line that I like. Um, Jihad Ward coming back, Justin Ellis coming back. So guys, I'd like to see an expanded role for, but overall, it would have been nice to have Brockers. I'm not going to lie to you. It would have been real nice to have Brockers, and we didn't get him though, but I like Wolf. Now, when we look at Wolf's stats, though, again, he has been injured a few times, or actually more than a few times. This, I think he's only played, he's like Jimmy Smith. He's only played in th- three full seasons um, since 2012. Last season, I don't remember what the injury was last season. Let's see if I can find it real quick. Um, but he had to leave the um, the season early. Um, four games early to be exact. The Broncos, of course, didn't go on to the playoffs. But he had seven sacks, 34 combined tackles, 23 of which were solo, eight tackles for loss, 12 quarterback hits. I mean, that was that's pretty darn good, honestly, for that many games. And the cool thing about Derek Wolf that I liked reading about really was the fact that he ate breakfast with Joe Flacco every morning when they were both in the Denver Broncos together and Flacco consistently told uh, Derek Wolf how great an organization Baltimore was and that you know that just goes to show you this this organization even after you get traded you're they draft your replacement you get traded away even after all that you're still speaking highly of them it just shows you this organization being such uh, a, a high-class organization. It, it proves that out for you. So um, that happened. I like the move. I like that it's only $3 million in guaranteed money, $3 million in incentives, of course. It's very similar to the Jimmy Smith deal, uh, basically pretty much the same. I, I don't know if it was $3 million again for Jimmy, but we have to look. Um, and then this week, uh, what was it, yesterday? Yes, yesterday, the Ravens cut defensive end Umvamba Kamalu. Um, and some people were asking me about whether or not that translates into into anything cap wise that it, it's really insignificant to be honest with you he was not making more than 600 grand there's no way uh i don't have the number in front of me but ufamba kamalu was a guy that they signed last year kind of mid-season um and you know it, it was just it just wasn't gonna happen again this upcoming season he wasn't gonna be on the roster we all kind of knew that so the ravens moved on from him uh, he actually, no, he was making more than 600, I'm sorry, he was making $750,000 in cap hit, uh, all of that's voided, he doesn't make any more of that, uh, he won't make any of that, that's actually kind of sad. Now, I do remember, I think they signed him for that number, again, this, this year, um, but, you know, getting Derek Wolf in here, Calais Campbell, uh, Brandon Williams, re-signing Ellis and, and Ward, kind of solidifies that defensive line, as, of course, we also have Mack there, you know, trading Wormley away, so we have... A base six in those guys in camp. We have well base base three in Campbell, uh, Williams, and Wolf, and then we have the backups slash rotational pieces that can be used. And honestly, I think they all have potential. Especially Warden Ellis are proven. I like to see more of Mac. These are guys that we know can handle some of the load moving forward. And of course, Ufama Kamalu didn't carry that much of a cap hit, so uh, it's not like they're making a move, and of course, some people speculated maybe Brandon Cooks would have been acquired. I was kind of hoping maybe the Ravens would take a run for him. He was in the trade market, kind of eliminate that need for wide receiver early in this draft, but they didn't, and he ended up going to the Texans today. Um, but, you know, it, it would have been a little bit pricey to get him, so maybe it's for the best. Uh, but another thing I want to talk about really quickly is... Lamar was not practicing proper social distancing. What was it, last week? He is in Florida. Of course, he lives in Florida. And um, 
he's out throwing footballs on the football field, and they get a picture with him, Marquise Brown, and Antonio Brown out practicing with Lamar Jackson, and of course, this sets the flock on fire. I end up running a poll. Okay, Ravens flock, you're made GM for just one one decision. Do you sign Antonio Brown? Because everyone was talking about Antonio Brown to the Ravens. Maybe, maybe, maybe. This gets 527 votes on Twitter. Now, by no means do I say this encompasses all the Ravens flock, but I feel like a 527-vote final tally here, and I didn't vote in myself. I want to see what everybody else would say. You know, kind of gives us an interesting view of the Ravens flock, at least the Ravens flock on Twitter. Uh, you know, and, and Twitter can be kind of stupid sometimes, but, you know, I kind of was surprised. 58.4% said yes. Now, I, I, I guarantee you if I ran this poll three months ago, it's the other way around. It probably more than 58.4% are saying no. Only 41.6% are saying no. Uh, but we got a lot of comments. A lot of people were saying yes, if, yes, ifs. So, yes, if uh, it's a low deal, a one-year deal. Some people said stipulations. Um, and, you know, honestly, if they signed him for, like, a million dollars, it wouldn't be a terrible deal. But he's not going to sign for a million dollars. Um Honestly, I I have to be in the no camp. Let me know what you guys think about this. I have to be in the no camp for Antonio Brown this this year. Um, personally, I just don't think it's worth having that big of a distraction on your team. And that's what Antonio Brown really amounts to. He, he's a distraction. In reality, that's it. He's a distraction. That's all he really is. Uh, and of course, I mean, he's a great wide receiver, but when you punch or you threaten to punch your general manager, it's not something you want to have on that team any longer. That happened in Oakland. I mean, who knows what happened in Pittsburgh? Of course, we, we knew, Ravens fans knew for a while Antonio Brown was kind of wacky. The rest of the NFL kind of wasn't seeing it. But being in the same, um, what is it, same division as these guys, it, it just really, you know, it. we were able to see some things that a lot of people didn't see. Now, I just... I love Marquise, but I just can't see us having Antonio on this roster. I don't think he'd blend well with Harbaugh. I think it'd, it'd be a, a train wreck, um, and we don't need that. We don't need that, and and it's not like we have the biggest need at wide receiver. I mean, it's a need. I think we need to add one wide receiver. I'm kind of looking at Brandon Ayuk right now. Um, I think that's how you pronounce his last name. I want to do I want to do some more prospect reviews before we get to the drafts here, but I want to do him. I want to do Kenneth Murray. Uh, hoping to get those guys done maybe this this weekend uh, because it's not like we have any Easter plans now that everything's been done goofed. So, um, but no, in all seriousness, I think we add a wide receiver within rounds two or three. I think the first round's going to be dedicated to inside linebacker. I I mean, unless Murray and Queen are gone by the time we pick, I don't think there's any possible way we don't go them. I don't think we take C.D. Lamb. If it was head to head between one of those guys, I mean, maybe we take an offensive guard to replace Rianda if Murray and Queen are gone. I mean, that would be that would be terrible. I mean, there's some other guys we could maybe take an edge rusher, but we still haven't traded Judon, um, so it, it doesn't seem like we need an edge, ru- edge rusher right now. And of course, we like what Bowser did last year. He definitely improved. We like what we saw out of um, Jalen Ferguson. I think he's got long-term potential. But I mean, just looking at this first round. You know, um, it just feels like, it just feels like, I said this in the last podcast, it just feels like the Ravens need, and I mean need, 
to go for an inside linebacker. Um, it, it just doesn't seem like there's any other, other alternative, especially when picking that high. I mean, the need on the inside linebacker is bigger than any other need. We're not going to win games with LJ Fort holding on the fort. And I love LJ Fort. I love what he brings to this team. But he's one man. And he's a, he's a good man. He's a good player. He's a good man. But he's one guy. We need two good inside linebackers. We need someone, honestly, that's better than LJ Fort. Because LJ Fort's good, but he's not great. We need great. I think Patrick uh, Queen or Kenneth Murray could be one of those guys. I know some people don't um, see the hype with Patrick Queen over Murray. I mean, I haven't done a prospect review on Murray yet. I haven't done a prospect review on Queen either. But I saw a couple on, on Queen. Um, you know, there's just so many things to look at here with what's going to go on. Um, but we got other guys being being mocked to us. We got a guy, Zach Bond from Wisconsin. I, I kind of like him too. Uh, Yatera Gross Matos, don't know enough about him. But Terrell Lewis, I mean, Terrell Lewis, supposedly, I saw this on Twitter, got a package or something from the Ravens. So that's kind of interesting. It was like a hat or whatever. Um, you know, maybe maybe they want... I mean, it's an Alabama edge rusher. How can you go wrong with a player from Alabama? I mean, really. Some, someone's predicting Brandon Ayuk to go right below us at 29. I, I don't see that. I think he's a second-round prospect, in, in, a, in my opinion. I mean, Justin Jefferson, too, maybe is a guy we go after. I like him. He's big and tall. Um, but we have a big and tall guy in Miles Boykin, who I talked about in my prospect review of T. Higgins. I quite like Miles Boykin. Um, but it's, it's going to get more interesting as we get closer here. And, of course, during the draft, we'll cover all of that um, and all that jazz. Um, so, yeah, what else can we talk about today? Because, really, I mean, without a lot of draft talk here, there's not a whole lot to say. Um, there's a picture going around last week of, of what we saw was in Marquise's foot. Did you guys see that? Hollywood Brown's foot. Uh, it was circulating around. He posted on Snapchat two screws in his foot, and we were all like, kind of wondering, you know, is he okay? What's the injury this whole year? I believe it was Linz Frank. I don't hold me on that. I'm trying to remember exactly. I believe it was Linz Frank. Looking at the Snapchat photo that that got passed around Twitter, um, and it's clearly from Hollywood Brown. It was on his story or whatever. He goes for this is the caption for everybody asking where my screws was at. And I had two of them. And it's just an x-ray of his foot. And you can see clearly two screws going in the side. So it's his left foot. And they're going straight in the side of on that left, like right underneath the big toe. Or the joint where the big toe would start, at least. Um, that's got to hurt. Like, I can't even say it on air. That's got to hurt. And the fact that he played with that is just insane just insane um but yeah i mean that i had to point that out because that's crazy um you know and, and looking let's let's talk a little bit about the ravens cap space because i actually want to talk about this since we didn't get brockers i, I kind of forgot about this here since we didn't get brockers of course we're gonna have an increase in cap space we're actually at nine million now um that kind of makes Judon's contract look a little better. With this $9 million, we can sign most of our prospects right now, I believe. I don't think we need much more space. Of course, we want to have at least one or two, really three or four million throughout the year to be fluid with it. Um, but, you know, we're still not seeing some interesting deals here. I want to get Ronnie Stanley. I really badly want Ronnie Stanley signed to a long-term contract. Uh, like, right now, honestly, EDC, if you're listening to this, like, 
Stop watching your draft. And don't don't worry about whether or not we steal your your draft board off Zoom, as, as I've heard that you guys are afraid. Don't worry about that. Worry about re-signing Ronnie Stanley right now, okay? I think that's the biggest issue the Ravens have to deal with in free agency if they let him walk, essentially. I mean, you're not going to find someone the caliber of Ronnie Stanley, this left tackle. He's amazing, okay? You're not going to find him for cheap, and drafting him might be a decision we could have a Laramie Tunsil type thing, right? So, you know, lock him down long-term. Our long-term cap doesn't actually look that bad, okay? Uh, when we look into the future in 2021, the Ravens actually have $95 million in 2021. Of course, um, you've got free agents that might need to be re-signed, and, and I, I believe Ronnie, yes, Ronnie would be one of them, Uh when you look at the free agents in 2021, I know we're getting a little ahead of ourselves here. Um, you know, uh, I'm looking for it right now. I don't seem to have it on here. Let's check. Yeah, here we go. 2021 free agents, guys that are going to be off the books. Uh, Judon, unless we re-sign him. Sneed, Stanley, Jimmy. I would imagine Jimmy's gone. Derek Wolf, Marlon Humphrey. How can we forget about Marlon? He's a guy we should be re-signing right now if physically possible. I don't want to even let Marlon Humphrey within... Six months of the open market, okay? I want him re-signed, locked, okay? I want him and Marcus Peters locked for the foreseeable future. We've already got Peters. We need Marlon Humphrey, okay? Um, uh, oh, okay, but there's a club option in 2021. We'll have to re-sign him in 2022. Um, but still, you know, we're going to execute that fifth-year option, so that's a given. Um, but, you know, looking at these guys, we got we got to get Matt Judon on a long-term contract. I'm sick and tired of seeing him on this cap number. You know, I don't care if we pay him $16 million this year. It's just the fact that we pay him $16 million for one year, and that's it. We need to give him a long-term contract. I'm thinking, honestly, big bucks because he's, he's a very expensive player. We need to keep him around. I think he provides a lot of value. Jimmy Smith coming up over these years. Um, you know, this, is, this has got to be his last year in Baltimore. I don't see him staying... Uh, Sneed is a, is a potential re-sign, and of course Ronnie. But I want to make sure we continue this Eric Tacasa trend of re-signing these players before they hit the open market. So if you if we're gonna see any this offseason, and I guarantee you will see like one at least, um, the big time candidates are gonna be Judon, Ronnie Stanley, Marlon Humphrey. Um, but guys, you know we could be looking at to re-sign. Kind of the under the radars are gonna be Tyus Bowser, are gonna be uh, Robert Griffin the third. You know, maybe Giad Ward signs a long-term contract. Maybe Gus Edwards signs a long-term contract. Although he's an RFA, I kind of doubt that. Um, so, there's a lot of guys that I want to see resigned sooner than later. But, of course, the cap space looks great. The cap space this year ain't too good, all right? There's no question. The cap space this year, not ideal for the Ravens with this $9 million evaluation, but when you get to 2021, and a lot of this, of course, is Lamar's rookie contract, and Lord have mercy on the Ravens when Lamar hits, it's time to, to, to sign a new contract, because that is going to be like, I might have an aneurysm at that number, we'll have to see. But $95 million next year, it should be interesting, which is why I think we should make, make re-signings now, uh, and such a, I mean, Honestly, to windle that cap space because we don't want to be competing with, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or the New York Jets, whoever's going to throw around cash next year for guys that are drafted Ravens, have been Ravens for a while, you know, that we want back. It's it's not an appropriate way to do business, I don't think. So, 
Well, it's not that it's an inappropriate way to do business, but it's not a good way to try to retain your players, letting these guys hit the open market. And, of course, that's one of the big changes Eric Dacosta has brought to the Ravens, is re-signing these guys early. And I think he's going to do some of that this offseason. He'll do some of that into next year, of course. Um, but that cap space needs to come down a little bit. But but just to look at this Lamar Jackson <laughs> estimated market number. I mean, we look at we look at Ronnie Stanley. He's going to be our next big re-signing here. If as long as it happens, I hope we don't have to franchise tag him, but he'd be a $17.9 million a year valuation. Probably sign a four-year contract on that one. Matt Judon's going to be about $16.3 million a year, which we could afford both, theoretically. Um, but when Lamar hits the open market, which I believe would be, what, 2023 Lamar hits the open market? I'm trying to do the math in my head here because we have the we have the club option the fifth year, which would be 2022. Two right because 18, 19, 20, 21, 22 is the fifth year. So, um, he hits well with a club option in 2022. So, realistically, resigning him in 2023, the market value as of today remember, this is three years in the future, we haven't projected enough yet. As of today, according to Spot Track, 37.4 million dollars. This dude is, is gonna bankrupt the Ravens, and honestly. I mean, I don't care how much we pay him. As long as he's still performing at a high level, let's just pay him the Flacco briefcase, okay? I don't even care. Throw all the money you want at this guy. But, I mean, could you imagine telling Lamar Jackson, even maybe, like, senior year in high school? I mean, maybe he'd say he was the NFL MVP and everything. I mean, honestly, he's got so much confidence, he probably wouldn't be surprised at this, but the fact that he's on track to make $37.4 million per year on this contract, not only is he going to be set for life, his entire family is going to be set for life. And if he manages his money right, I mean, he could grow this fortune into hundreds of millions of dollars. I mean, all you got to do is invest it properly. So we'll see how that happens. Um, but, I mean, I, I can't wait until... Part of me says I can't wait for a few years because I think Lamar will bring the Ravens to the Super Bowl. I think we just have to get over that play ho- playoff slump. But the other part of me is like, yeah, but that money, I mean, it's going to be worth it. But holy, you know, it's just so much. I mean, to fathom that much money, that many bills, that many Benjamins. But good for Lamar. Um but it's it's gonna be an absolutely insane uh, signing when that happens. That of course though we'll probably try to lock him down before he even hits the market. Um, but here's a question. Here's here's a question that I've seen posted a few places. What about a running back? All right, is running back a need in this draft? Uh, no, no, it's not. To the people saying we need to draft a running back, okay? Why? Like, honestly, I mean, unless we get a decent one really late in the draft that we think maybe is a fifth-round prospect, we get in the seventh round, all right, whatever. But to go out of our way and say, hmm, we should go and get a high-profile running back, okay? You know, we should get somebody big. Uh, no, no, and no. Look, we have Mark Ingram, who's obviously not going to be playing for us forever. I don't think he resigns after this contract. I think this contract is, what, three years? I think it's three and done. I don't think it's anything after that, because he'll be mid-30s at that point. 
and you know how running backs deteriorate very quickly. But um, he's a great asset for right now. Why on earth would we draft a running back when we've got Gus Edwards, not even a restricted rights free agent yet? That's next year, okay? We're not losing Gus unless we just. I mean, with the 95 million in cash space we have next year, losing Gus would be beyond stupid, okay? We're not losing Gus. And we have um, Justice Hill on a, on a contract for a few years. What's the point of drafting a running back? And I don't even really care which running back it is, honestly. Unless we get extremely high value. Unless we're talking fourth round pick, fifth round pick, and the seventh round, or like a two-round gap between players. We're talking DK Metcalf last year at the end of the second round, which even I, who was not a fan of DK Metcalf, okay, who was very concerned about his injury history, was pretty concerned, to be honest with you, um, with some of the things he did on the field, the limited route tree, and other things I saw. You know, with even him ending up in the bottom of the second round, it just didn't make any sense. And, you know, at that point, it's like, well, maybe the Ravens should just go and get him. Uh, they didn't. It didn't work out that way. Um, but, you know, unless we have a scenario like that, I don't think it's really worth going out of our way to draft a running back. We have, I mean, Justice Hill's going to be here for a while. It, it's a pretty low contract, okay? Let's take a look at Justice Hill's salary cap space. I guarantee you it's like potatoes for the Ravens. Yeah, it's like... We're looking at next year, 500000 then next... I'm sorry, that's dead cap. 800000 a million the next year, and a million the year after that. I mean, Gus Edwards is going to cost us maybe $3, 4000000 million off of a restricted free agent signing. I mean, honestly, the, the thing the Ravens should do with the running back position, long-term, and if EDC is listening to me, if John Harbaugh is listening to me, listen closely, because I got, I got news for you. I know what I'm talking about here. What the Ravens need to do long-term is basically allow Gus Edwards to just kind of be that number two, and once Mark Ingram retires, put Gus Edwards at number one, and then look for a running back to be the number two like Gus Edwards was to Mark Ingram. Because in an offense like this, you want a guy who's going to go right down the middle like that. And Gus had some has some wheels wheels on him, okay? Because if we draft a running back high, we're looking to replace Gus, Gus Edwards. You can't you can't balance that. I mean, so you can't have four running backs on the roster with a running quarterback. It doesn't make any sense unless you got a guy who specializes as a receiver, um, like a, maybe like a David Johnson, Duke Johnson type deal. I mean, something that's really different for this this offense. Unless you got that going on, it doesn't make any sense. And you know, we go for a speed guy, but we've got Justice Hill. I'd like to see more of what he's got. We didn't really get the full effect of Hill last year. Um, of course, that's not so much his fault. It's more along the lines of we didn't really need him to perform last year. But to go out of our way and, and kind of end that trio before it really even gets started, it, it, it's just a stupid idea in my opinion. It doesn't make a lot of sense. And, you know, looking at the running backs available, I mean, there's nobody that really that I really look at, okay, and I say, wow, like, this guy right here, that guy's for me. There's just nobody there. I mean, unless it's, like, Saquon Barkley, but we don't have that this year. We don't have, you know, these guys. we got DeAndre Swift, you know, who's... I mean, these are good players. Jonathan Taylor I like, but I don't think he's going to really do much for the Ravens. 
Dobbins, I mean, kind of fits in with that downhill running style, but it, it doesn't seem to me like there's anybody who separates himself enough from for, for the Ravens to draft or really provides the skill set that the Ravens really, really need. I mean, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if they draft a running back in like round six, round seven, just because they can. Um, do we even have a seventh round pick? I don't even remember because we traded that away or not. Um, let's take a look at that. Based on our draft order, um, you know, we can we can kind of figure out if there's anywhere the Ravens would want to make a decision like that. So we're obviously picking picking 28th um, in the draft this year. That's, you know, um, that's there. Then we have two second round picks, 55 and 60. Then we've got 92, 106 in, in the third round. Then we've got fourth round, 129, 134. Then in the fifth round, we've got 158. Then in the sixth round, we don't have anything. And the seventh round, we've got one. Uh, 226. I mean, I could see it in, in this round seven. There's a lot of round seven players that don't make the roster, but I could see it. But here's another thing. Um, what about Trace McSorley? I mean, we drafted him late in the draft a couple years ago now. And, or was, I mean, just last year, really. And, I mean, we still haven't utilized him to the way Harbaugh said he was going to be utilized. And it's not like, oh, I, I, I'm super angry at John Harbaugh for not... No, that's not the case. My point is, you know, if we're going to have him on the roster, okay, we got to at least have something for him to do because he's either going to be a, a useless... And I'm sorry to call him useless, but if he's, if he's a third-round pick not doing anything for us, he's kind of useless, right? There's no reason to carry him on the roster unless we see something super far down the line uh, for him, not unlike what the, the past did with Brady as the fourth string quarterback in, what was that, 1999, 2000, something like that. You know, unless we see something like that, um, having no use for him early on is going to be a problem. I really want him to be a Taysom Hill type player. I think he can do it. I think he's got the skill set for it. I just don't think Harbaugh has done enough for that. Now, the NFL rules are supposedly changing. I I believe it was part of the collective bargaining agreement. Um what was it, the inactives rule got changed? I think, I'm pretty sure, um, it got changed, although now I'm trying to think where I saw that. But at least there was some talk. Someone has to verify this for me because I can't find it all of a sudden. There was talk that the NFL would lift the inactives requirement a little bit and allow, I think it was two new players. Now, I don't know why I remember this, but I, I can't find it all of a sudden. Um, why can I not find this? This is kind of crazy. Um, I believe it's part of the, the collective bargaining agreement. But basically, the, the idea would be um, to allow these teams to have two more active players. Um, hold on, I'm just trying to find this because, you know, this is kind of bugging me now. Um, the idea would be that these players, or the Ravens would have, or everybody else would have, um, an extra two players, um, to keep on the, on the active roster, which would make a lot of sense. I'm, I'm still kind of confused why we even have inactive players. I mean, there's gotta be a reason. I don't get the reason. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. 
Uh, yeah, increase the players on the active roster from 53 to 55. Um, oh, wait a second. I don't even know what I'm talking about here. Okay, so I misinterpreted this. Players on the active roster from 53 to 55, not that they could play in the game. But actually, that probably means they would. This is according to the Washington Redskins. I'd have to find somewhere else for this. But I imagine if we have 55 players on the roster, um, then we're probably going to have 53 active... For, no. how? What was it before? 47? We're probably going to have 49 active for each game. Although I still can't find it. Um. Anyway, maybe not to get off this long-winded craziness here of rambling. But anyway, I think that Trace McSorley could end up playing in more games as an active participant if that spot is open. I think the Ravens could even carry a, a fourth or not fourth or fifth, a fifth or sixth wide receiver into a game every 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 week. You know, little things like that definitely can happen um, with this expansion. So I want to see what Taysom Hill can not Taysom Hill what what Taysom Hill can do for us in the long term future because even. With RG3, you know, you do have to always consider the option that RG3 could get injured. I mean, last year we had a, a scare. He got injured in training camp, and all of us held our breath for a little bit. I think it was a broken thumb, wasn't it? Uh, that was extremely scary. You have all these situations that could arise, you know, where he might not play. The Ravens even supposedly looked into trading him. There were some teams actively inquiring it. Uh, obviously, he's still on the roster. He's still going to be the backup for the foreseeable future. Um. So there's a lot of craziness that can happen, and you know a guy like McSorley might be valuable. But if we, if we honestly are not going to use him, if Harbaugh has no plans of using him, then we have to cut him free, let him go somewhere else, and and have an act, actual opportunity. Um, so there's that. You know I am excited for the draft though. I'm I'm very excited to see who the Ravens get. Uh, not only in the first round. I honestly sometimes I enjoy the middle rounds better because it, it provides a lot of of interesting prospects. You know, gems we're looking at here and there. It's always fun to see these players. You know, it's funny because when I first started doing this with the blog, um, you know, I'm, I'm writing articles on, on players joining and leaving that, that, you know, a lot of them, I remember them joining and coming into the Ravens, um, but I had not written about them. And now it's at the point where I'm talking about guys getting extensions that I covered being drafted, uh, which is absolutely so funny to me. Um, or, you know, they sign and they leave a few later. It's like it's it's the point where I'm covering now. I just find that so funny that I've I've been doing this long enough to to actually have that experience where I'm licking my own articles of of the day they signed, like three or four years prior. Well, not four years. This has only been three years, but you know, it's it's still pretty funny to me um, that it's it's going on like this. But I mean, we are entering our fourth year here at the Baltimore Feather, which is honestly insane. Like honestly. It's crazy talk. Cause we started in in twenty sixteen. I, I I built the site. That was the time I came up with the idea. So I technically found it in twenty sixteen. It was up. It, it just didn't start writing articles until right after the Super Bowl. I think it was like the day after the Super Bowl. I, I published like what was it like a Dalvin Cook article, which I still stand by. I think we should have drafted Dalvin Cook. But um, yeah, twenty seventeen, twenty eighteen, twenty nineteen. Entering the fourth year, it's just kind of wild at this point to think about that. But yeah, I really don't have much else for the podcast today. I, I'm looking at, I honestly have to tell you guys, I am looking at ways to kind of change things around here on the podcast. I mean, it's getting to the point where, you know, everything I'm doing, it's fun. Um, but I feel like there's a lot more potential that I'm not executing on. So I'm, I'm 
really kind of being introspective recently with the way I'm doing things with the feather and, and with the podcast, of course, uh, and trying to figure out whether or not I can expand certain ways. I can, I can better certain things. Uh, and I think I can, I think I want to look into some things and, you know, this draft season honestly hasn't been the best for me, uh, with getting content out. But I think over time, as I kind of look into what I can do moving forward with the site, with the podcast, I have some interesting ideas. I think that I can eventually execute on whether it's today, whether it's next week, whether it's three months from now, I think eventually we can get this actually kind of even better. And I know a lot of you like the podcast already, and I really appreciate all of you listening. I don't think you realize how much I actually do appreciate you guys. Um, But I do think there are certain things I can do better, and I hope you guys stick around for that because I, I do have some interesting ideas moving forward. But I honestly, that's pretty much it for today. We don't have a whole lot to talk about. I kind of just filled this almost like a rambly, I feel, um, like I rambled a little bit. But, you know, I, I hope it's entertaining to you guys. Leave, leave feedback and then go check out the FOCO bobblehead. I mean, honestly, it, we, we are an affiliate to FOCO. So if you click the link and you order from them, we do get a commission um, from FOCO. But it, I'm not trying to push products on you because I'm in it for the money here. I, I do want to make um, some money for the site because I, I do pay for everything uh, basically out of pocket. Um, and the site has never had a full year where it's been able to break even on all expenses. So honestly, if, if we could increase some of the sales, it would help me out a little bit. And maybe we could bring in um, content writers and such. I mean, I'm trying to look at some things like that. But no, but in all seriousness here, I'm not. Per- you don't have to buy this bobblehead if you don't want to. But I mean, it's it's an amazing bobblehead. It's like gonna be forty five dollars. The pre order. I'm I'm guaranteeing that this thing is probably gonna sell out. Based on the other one, it probably will sell out. Um, and they'll probably have to make more orders of it. But again, it's it, it's just a re- it's just really cool. I honestly can't wait to get one. And I'm not pushing this product on you because it's just a product I can push on you. It's because I actually I really like Foco. Uh, and this, honestly, they, they sent me this bobblehead, the, the original Lamar Jackson bobblehead. And it is, I mean, when I say it's the highest quality bobblehead I've ever seen in my life, I am not exaggerating. I mean, this, you could tell so much work. I mean, even the little ruffles on his jersey are there. I mean, it's, it's just amazing how much work went into these things. Uh, and at the, the bargain price they're offering it at, I think it's going to be $45. You know, if you, if you want to buy it, make sure you use our link. If your friends want to buy it, use our link. It helps us out tremendously. We are an affiliate of FOCO. Proud of an affiliate of FOCO, actually. I, I really love some of the products they have. Um, but again, if you're new here, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the notification bell for the latest episodes appearing in your inbox or whatever. Go to BaltimoreFeather.com for the latest articles. Uh, hit us up on Twitter, at BeMoreFeather, at NestTalk, at ChrisLinFound for my personal account. Um which a lot of content on there has, has been a little bit of revolving around the coronavirus, Ravens election coming up. I'm a bit of a political junkie if you don't know that about me. Um, but we won't ever talk politics on this show because that's not why we're here. And then, of course, um, where else can you go? You can go on Facebook, find Baltimore Feather, find Nest Talk on there, hit the like button, stay up to date there. And, of course, um, subscribe to the email list on BaltimoreFeather.com. And I think that's all the plugs we have for today. We'll be back next week for the next episode of Nest Talk. I hope you guys have a wonderful weekend. Uh, Have a wonderful Easter. I keep forgetting it's actually Easter week. You know, if I wasn't in quarantine, I think I'd be more, like, aware of what day it was. There's been points where I'm like, what day is it? Like, 
you know, did I have the, the tacos for lunch for dinner last night or four nights ago? Like, I don't even know. It's that point. I feel like even with like Easter coming up, I have no idea. I keep forgetting because if I wasn't in this, I'd, I'd be very aware of it. I, I probably would have gone, uh, to a Holy Thursday mass or something. So, um, but being in, in quarantine, I, you, you don't even realize because you can't go anywhere. So, but anyway, everybody stay safe. You know, this thing's almost over. Looking at projections, you know, it, it could last a little, little longer, but a lot of states look like it's almost there. The United States as a whole, we've only got two more days, supposedly, until our peak resource use day and, you know, hospital beds and such. And then it should be a downward slide from there. And then we should all be over by June. Some areas, luckily, where I am in Jersey, New Jersey, um, the whole state looks to basically be okay by May. But for a lot of other people, it's it's not going to look like that for a little bit. So uh, stay safe. Wash your hands. Social distance if you can. Uh, and enjoy the draft. It's, I mean, because <laughs> there are no other sports on right now. It's really kind of crazy. But... Um, we'll be back in, a, in next week and then the week after for the draft episode I plan to do Wednesday night hoping to get Dominic on for that and seeing if anybody else wants to come on for that show so uh, stay tuned for that hopefully we'll get some more draft reviews out there talk about some prospects we got two weeks left uh, we can always make light of this situation being so behind in content but uh, again thank you for listening to this Nest Talk episode I don't even know what episode this is at this point uh, you'll see it in the Anchor or iTunes or wherever let's just check real quick this is this has been Nest Talk episode 71. We'll see you for Nest Talk episode 72 next week. Have a great weekend. Have a happy Easter and stay safe. Birdland Sports. For fans, by fans. Find more great shows like this at birdlandsports.com.